0: Open your Bibles, please, to Proverbs chapter 27. And let's take a few minutes and consider one of the things that the Lord Jesus Christ taught His apostles to teach us that we ought to do. And this is a change of pace mentally somewhat from this morning, but it's part of the Gospel. And we want to preach the whole counsel of God. And this is about what you're going to do tomorrow morning. It's going to work. And are you going to go to work in the way the Bible tells you to go to work, you say, "Where in the Bible does it teach us about how we're supposed to work?" How about ten references in the epistles of the New Testament? Right. Ten. You say it's not that many. Romans 12, Ephesians 4, Ephesians 6, Colossians 3, First Thessalonians 4, Second Thessalonians 3, First Timothy 6, Titus 2, First Peter 2, and Titus 3. It's ten, at least. References about how we're supposed to work. Last Lord's Day, I, in trying to preach to you about the Lord Jesus Christ as our shepherd, covered two verses in John 10, verses 12 and 13, which describe the attitude of a hireling. An employee that doesn't have the attitude of the mentality or the work ethic of an owner. This time, in a few minutes, I want to show you that God wants you to have the attitude of an owner and to take care of the business like He would take care of it, but to do it for the Lord's sake. And the Lord will bless you. You know, the Bible knows when it gives a commandment with a promise attached. What commandment has a promise attached to it that is first in the Bible? Honor thy father and thy mother, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. The first commandment with promise. But there's lots of commandments with promises. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. I don't think the Lord needs to give us anything to delight in Him. I think He's delightful whether He gives me anything or not. But there is a promise attached. And there's a promise attached here, if you will learn to work for your master as if you were an owner, but for the Lord's sake. Proverbs 27, we want to be the opposite of hirelings who do not have an owner's mentality. We want to preach the whole counsel of God. And we come to the 18th verse of Proverbs 27. Whoso keepeth the fig tree shall eat the fruit thereof. So he that waiteth on his master shall be honored. When you go to work tomorrow... Are you going to wait on your master, that is your employer, that is the owner of your company, that is your supervisor? You are waiting ready to do anything with zeal and carefulness to be to make that business as successful as possible. Are you going to do that? This is part of the counsel of God. This is part of what Jesus taught His apostles that they repeated ten times in the New Testament. The verse is easy. Proverbs twenty-seven, eighteen. There's a comparison being made here from the first clause to the second clause. The comparison is in the little word, so, that we've learned a whole lot about in Romans chapter 5. In the same way that the first half of the verse works, so the second half of the verse works. If a man has a fig tree, he protects that fig tree by spraying it for bugs. He protects that fig tree by not letting bulls scrape their horns against it. He protects that fig tree in every way that he can. He nourishes that fig tree. He waters that fig tree. He prunes that fig tree. He watches that fig tree. And he eats the fruit of it. A man has a fig tree. He takes good care of it. Lo and behold, its branches give off figs. And he's able to pick them and eat them. And so it's a win-win situation. The fig tree is well taken care of by the man, the farmer, the husbandman taking care of it and the fig tree takes care of the man who's taking care of it. And the Lord has made it in such a way that the ratio of return to the investment is positive, which means you can get ahead taking care of fig trees. If you learn how to do it well with one, then you can try it with two. And pretty soon you have figs for sale beside the road with a little cardboard sign. And you start realizing the benefit of taking care of the fig tree. Whoso keepeth the fig tree shall eat the fruit thereof. That's just a rule. If you take good care of a fig tree, it will bear fruit. You can eat the fruit, and you can sell the excess fruit to buy more property for the next trees until you have quite a number of fig trees. So, in this same way, he that waiteth on his master shall be honored. If you'll find a master in a legitimate field of endeavor and you will wait on that master and be ready to do anything he wants you to do and to do it cheerfully and to be trying to think ahead of what can I do for my master? What would my master want right now? It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. What would a master want? This is Michelin where I'm working. This is Michelin R&D where I'm working. You probably don't know who I'm referring to, but what can I do in the R&D department at Michelin that would help my immediate boss and help this department contribute to the overall profitability of Michelin North America, which contributes to the profitability of Michelin out of France. Always thinking from an owner's mentality. The Lord wants you to do so. A hireling doesn't do it. You should do it. Think like an owner. I am here to help this business prosper. I'm not here to punch a time clock. I'm here to help a business prosper. And if I do that, the Lord is pleased first. If I do that, there's a reward in Proverbs 27:18 for me. Because my master will honor me. But we want the Lord as the first motivation. We're not going to, we're going to come back to 2718, but I want you to turn all the way over to Colossians chapter 3 to one of those 10 places. And you quizzers, I'm sorry, I just like the Colossians 3 version better than the Ephesians 6 version. Colossians chapter 3, it's got just a little bit more in it. The epistles, Ephesians and Colossians, are fraternal twins. They have much similar material in them. Colossians chapter 3. This is part of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is part of the wholesome doctrine of Jesus Christ. And the fact that he would tell us a little hint that there's a reward in this is just icing on the cake. Because it pleases God should be enough. Right. But there's more. It is professional success. It is vocational success. It is success on the job if you will learn the Bible way of doing things. Colossians 3, verse 22. Servants. Saint, you know, that's that's who works for the master in 2718. Servants. Employees. Obey. Wow. What do you mean obey? I'm part of a team at Michelin R&D. I love the new words, you know, that have come out. Teammate. No, you're a servant. Act like one. You still are. I don't care what name they give you. You're not part of a team. You're a slave to make that business money. Submit to it and enjoy it. Embrace it. Servants, obey. Obey. Your ideas stink. They've tried your ideas 25 times over the last 50 years. Guess what? they failed 26 times. Obey in all things. They keep giving me assignments and they don't give them to the rest of the department. I'm sick of those assignments. Why are they treating me like I'm a, a rug? You are a rug. Embrace it. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. The Lord knows that we have a relationship with employers in our bodies here while we're in this world in a fleshly existence. Not with eye service as men pleasers. When it says that, not with eye service as men pleasers... That does not mean that you work as hard for your master when he's not around as when he is around. That is not what it's teaching there. It's teaching there, you aren't doing it for men. You're doing it for the Lord. Not with eye service as men pleasers. Your first goal is not pleasing your boss. Your first goal is pleasing the Lord then it's pleasing your boss. But in... see the, uh, I didn't really need to explain it because you'd have got it, right? From the rest of this verse. But in contradiction or, or opposition or contrast to the previous clause, but in singleness of heart, fearing God, let there be one overriding reason for your effort tomorrow morning when you hit the ground running. For the Lord's sake. I am going to be a Daniel. I'm going to be a David. I'm going to be a Jacob. I'm going to be a Joseph. I'm going to be an Esther. I'm going to do it to the Lord with a single heart, fearing God. This is what He wants us to do in our jobs. Verse 23, And whatsoever ye do, and this is not at church, and this is not in Bible quiz team. This is on the job. He hasn't left that subject. And whatsoever ye do, whether it's cleaning up a yard which is the grunt work after the hero stuff when you're pretending you're a Navy SEAL on the top of a tree and that you're coming down from a helicopter to rescue someone from a triple reinforced prison. Do it heart. Whatsoever you do, look at these words. I love the Bible. It's a, it's a book full of passion. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily. As to the Lord and not unto men. Your first goal is for the Lord. Lord Jesus, You went to the cross for me. I'm going to go to work for You. You hung on that cross all day. You endured a trial all night. You were scourged. But I'm going to go to work for You. I'm going to show You My love. I'm going to show You My salvation. I'm going to show You My righteousness. Verse 24, Knowing... That of the Lord, ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance. There is a decent paycheck coming. It's an eternity in heaven. Your inheritance in heaven. For ye serve the Lord Christ. I never want you to forget this. There is an emphasis in in a certain kind of churches that you are a second class Christian if you are not in full time Christian service. There are only two offices left in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bishop and deacon. There is no other. God puts you in the office of bishop and the church puts you in the office of deacon. Stop worrying about either of them. Tomorrow morning when you go to work, it's what God has given you to do as your full-time service to Him. And listen, if a man would ever get a grip of what the New Testament requires of being a good father, a good husband, a good employee, a good master if he has anyone reporting to him, a good church member, a good citizen, a good neighbor, a good grandson, a good son himself of a father, a good nephew, there are references in the New Testament for all of those and a number more. I've got a little... I've got a little diagram for you that doesn't miss any of them. And when you look at it, you simply want to fold it up and say, Lord, I can't do it all. Because it is full-time Christian service. Here is what it says, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Wachovia Wells Fargo, you're serving the Lord Christ. It's the Word of God. You say, I wish I was at a camp for girls teaching them about the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm referring to Nathan. No, you don't want to be at a camp for girls. Who else in here works at Wachovia? You serve the Lord Christ. Bilo is where you serve the Lord Christ. IBM for a couple of you, you serve the Lord Christ there. Timber Tech, you serve the Lord Christ. Dunbar, you serve the Lord Christ. Love that truck. Love those stops. Love those 30 pound bags of coin. You serve the Lord Christ. Now brethren, sometimes when there's a reward attached, there is a punishment attached. Deuteronomy 20.18. Deuteronomy 28. In all 68 verses, the first 15 are blessings if you'll do His will. And the other 53 verses are His curses if you won't. But notice what we have here. We have a reward in verse 24. But in verse 25 it says, But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. And there is no respect of persons. God doesn't care who you are and what position you have. If you don't wait on your master as unto the Lord, and if you don't do it heartily, and if you don't obey Him in all things, heartily! Do you know what it means to walk heartily? Do you know what it means to do something heartily? Do you know? Oh, It's been such a hard day. Oh, I'll be able to punch out pretty soon and go home and sleep. How could you sleep after sleeping all day? Do it heartily as unto the Lord. Run, fly. Back to 2718. I hope you know this is both Testaments, Old Testament, New Testament. Zeal. Do it hard. Don't those verses excite you? This is the word of the Lord. Jesus told his apostles, Teach them to observe all things, whatsoever I've commanded you. Or what did he command them? It's what they wrote down in the epistles. This is how you ought to work on the job. The bakery at Publix and Easley ought to be the best bakery in this entire area. As well as you can influence it, you're going to pray for that bakery. You're going to work in that bakery as under the Lord. You're serving the Lord Christ. Those churches that have made you feel like second-class citizens and your jobs in the world are nothing are wrong. They're not biblical. God only raises up some to be bishops. And churches determine who's going to be deacons. And that's all there is. And the rest should be applying themselves at your trades, at your professions, and doing it in a godly way and rejoicing in it. It's serving the Lord Christ. He follows you to work every single day. He follows you to classes at Furman every single day. He follows you down there to the cardiac ICU. Are you doing it as to the Lord? Are you doing it heartily? Are you giving the best care those patients have ever had? Are you setting a new standard? In your department. This is the Word of the Lord to us. Get excited about your jobs tomorrow. You serve the Lord Christ. You don't just serve that guy that sees you. Then you're an eye service man. You're a man pleaser. Start with the Lord. Has there been anything today to get you excited about the Lord? Does Psalm 24 get you excited about the Lord? Here's how it works. You remember it. You don't go out of here and go home and watch the NFL for the next seven hours. It's not seven anymore. Let me see. There's a 12 o'clock game. There's a 3.30 game. And then there's an 8 o'clock game. Forgive me. It's an 11-hour orgy of NFL football. You don't do that. It'll blow everything out of your mind. Have we heard anything today? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and all them that dwell therein. And you remember Psalm 24 and verse 1, and you hit the road running. You go to bed tonight praying for God to bless you on the job tomorrow. You go to bed on time so that you can get a good night of sleep, so that you can give it tomorrow to the Lord. For ye serve the Lord Christ. He has a reward in heaven. He will reward you now, 2718, by natural law, and He will bless you. That, we're back at 2718. Is there a natural law that Solomon observed and knew? Here's how it works. It's a natural law. The natural law is this. Men of this world love money. Men of this world love and need profits. There is enormous pressure, especially in a recessionary economy, for every manager and the owners of that business to turn a profit. And if you will help them make money, they will help you make money. Now, that's pretty nice. That's what we call win-win. I'll scratch your back if you'll scratch mine. But we're doing it out of devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ, who told us to obey that Master in all things, to obey Him in all things, and whatever we do on the job, do it heartily. As to Him, now with I service as men-pleasers, we have a higher motive Do you know what happens in a job if you're doing it for a man who bypasses you for a promotion? If you're working to please a man and he bypasses you for a promotion, doesn't keep a commitment to you, do you know what happens? Your work ethic falls. When you do it to the Lord, it should be the same every day. If Psalm 24 verse 1 works for you, then print it out and post it on the door and put it in your car. The earth is the Lord's. and the Maybe it's Who is the King of Glory? From the last few verses. Whatever it is, get it out and use it. 27.18 So he that waiteth on his master shall be honored. That is a natural law. The natural law is taught first and clearest in Exodus 21 verses 21 and 22 where it says this. If a master beats his servant and he beats his servant and he dies on the spot that man is guilty of murder. But if he beats his servant badly and he survives twenty five hours and dies from internal bleeding later, God said there is no crime committed. I wonder what the Department of Labor would think of this sermon. Yeah, I've taught it to you before. It's what it says. You know here's here's the natural law that God appealed to, and this is how we read the whole Bible. For he is his money. No master has ever beat a servant that makes him money. If you are thinking of some exception you've read, you're a fool for thinking of it. You're a scorner for mentioning it. And I'll educate your tiny mind. An exception proves a rule. You say, what about Joseph? Okay, scorner. You have a bad boss that's never going to reward you, even though you're making him so much money because you're such a hard worker. Your boss doesn't believe in money. Your boss wants you to lose him money. Okay, you got an exceptional boss. Joseph. Was thrown into prison by his first boss for a false accusation of rape by his wife. Number two, the prison keeper just kept Joseph there and he stayed there for a long time. But did the Lord take care of Joseph even if he had two bosses that didn't get him out? How well did he take care of him? Did he get a decent promotion? Who had to help take care of him for the rest of his life? What was his name? It starts with P. It ends with R. What was Potiphar's job? Captain of the guard? Who did he help protect for the rest of his life? Who washed his chariot? Never mind. I don't know what you need to help you. The Lord takes care of you. Find yourself a fig tree. Husbands, just a little bit of advice for you. If you're going to get up and go to work tomorrow, and you're hoping that Proverbs 27:18 is true, and I'm telling you it is absolutely true, if it's not working in your life, it's because you're cheating the rule. Husbands, I hope that you'll remember that your wife works for you 24 7 and that you will let her have of the fruit of her hands and if you don't let her make anything by the fruit of her hands then you give it of the fruit of your hands because if you don't honor her for waiting on you then god isn't going to honor you by waiting on your master does that that sounds fair doesn't it now where in the bible does it say that or is jonathan crosby coming up with book number 67 where does it say it Does it say it in Proverbs chapter 31 by the order of the Queen Mother that, son, when you get married, you give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates? Look at 17, too. Proverbs chapter 17. I went to a university for a year that I'll not name, it's in this city. It says it's the world's most unusual university. That university told me that if I was in the accounting program, it was sort of a joke among the students. I was a reprobate. You walk up to someone at Bob Jones University. I know I'm telling the name now. And you say, "What are you majoring in?" Accounting, you repro. A million times, you repro. What does that mean? You're reprobate for not being one of the preacher boys. God calls preacher boys. And university counselors don't. And college handbooks don't. Any young man that sat down and flipped through a college handbook and said, I want to grow up and be a preacher boy, he ain't even called by Jesus Christ. He is a joke and his ministry will be a joke. And I don't care if there's a thousand members of his church, his entire thing is a sham. God calls bishops through other bishops, not through career counselors sitting in the in the administrative offices of any school. This is your calling, my brethren. And if God singles any one of you out or five of you out to be bishops, praise His glorious name. We will celebrate big time. Show it. But you show it by being faithful in this calling. He that has been faithful in that which is least will also be faithful in that which is much. If you can't be faithful getting up and going in tomorrow morning and making your business successful for the glory of God, then why should you be in the kingdom of God with the true riches? That's Luke 16. 17.2 A wise servant shall have rule over a son that causeth shame and shall have part of the inheritance among the brethren. There is no such thing as discrimination. Listen. A purple-haired, pierced and painted, Hispanic, Islamic woman from Sri Lanka with a lisp and a limp will be honored if they'll do what the Bible tells them to do in the book of Proverbs. Because coin makes the world go round. It doesn't make the kingdom of God go round. It makes the world go round. You say, well, I worked hard and I never got ahead. No, you didn't work hard. You shamed your boss. You were lazy, you were slow, and you were disrespectful. You say, well, what if I was one of the exceptions? Well, then why don't you jump to a new job and prove to us that it was an exception? Because the Word of God still stands. This is the truth of God's Word. And here's the glory. Discrimination is just an excuse for lazy people. You know, there are some races in our country that all they can do is complain and whine. There are other cultures and nationalities that come to this country that are considered minorities, and they work so diligently on the job, they save so frugally, and they are so respectful, and you never hear them complaining. And they get ahead. Because there is no such thing as discrimination. Because profits are a man's money. And this verse says there is no such thing. Look at what it says. A wise servant shall have rule over a son. Now listen. A a man owns a business. And he's got his prized son that he bought a Camaro for on his 16th birthday. And here's little old you. And you're just from the wrong side of the tracks. And you've got that lisp and limp from Sri Lanka. And he, that master's never gonna care about you when he's got his prize boy over there. Oh, if you serve that master and you help that master pay, pay for his Camaro for his prize boy, you'll be promoted because this verse tells you it will be. Right. A wise servant shall have rule over a son that causes shame. That boy goes out and wrecks that car in the first month. Do you know what any good man's gonna be thinking about his prize boy? That prize boy comes in and thinks because he's the prize boy, he doesn't have to pull his weight in the shop that his father owns. The father sees that because the father sees everything through green tinted glasses and the green is the color of your Federal Reserve notes. And if you help him get some more FRNs in his wallet, he will take care of you over his prize boy. Right. The verse tells us so. Did this happen to the man who wrote the book of Proverbs? Who was his prize boy and what was his name? Rehoboam. Who did he promote over all his works? Jeroboam. Why did he do that? Because the man, the what does it say? It says the young man was industrious. What happened in the end? Who had ten tribes? Jeroboam. Who had two tribes? Prize boy with the Camaro. Give God the glory. Love His Word. Do you know what? It touches every part of our lives. You say, well, it hasn't happened to me. I gave you a promise a few minutes ago. Are you causing your boss any shame? If your company meets the public, are you perfect with his customers? Do you treat his customers the way he wants his customers treated? It doesn't matter one bit how you think people like you. You stink. You're slow. You're impulsive. You're rude. You're obnoxious. It doesn't matter what you think. Watch him. Watch his best and copy them. Otherwise, you shame him. Those customers, everyone that comes through the door, he only sees an S with two lines down through it. And if you hurt that S with two lines down through it by turning any of them away, he'll turn you away when it comes time for a promotion. Understand what motivates him and wait on your master. Do it the way he wants to. You say, I don't know what harm is being done by what I'm doing. I'm not doing anything wrong. If they don't love it, It's wrong. You say, well, that just sounds like I'm conforming myself to my master's way of... Hello, yes. Because the Bible says true charity, even if you love your master, does not behave itself unseemly. How often do I recommend... I'm not recommending... I'm not even going to recommend it. Any of you know who Vivian Thomas is? Black man? Janitor? White cardiologist? Johns Hopkins University? Did he wait on his master? Did he let his master take his superior abilities and use them for his own credit? Was he given an honorary doctorate by Johns Hopkins University? Does he hang in the hallowed hall of fame of the surgeons of Johns Hopkins? We have stories in the Bible we have stories in real life. Do you know why? Because the book of Proverbs is an inspired wise man's observation of life and summarizing his observation of life into pithy little statements called proverbs. He that keepeth the fig tree shall eat the fruit thereof, so he that honoreth so he that waiteth on his master shall be honoured. A wise son shall have rule over a servant, that, a son a wise servant shall have rule. Over a son that causeth shame and shall have part of the inheritance among the brethren, he'll get cut in on the master's will. The Bible tells you to find yourself a fig tree. The Bible tells you to keep the tree carefully. If you want more on this, then go dig through a few Proverbs this afternoon. Let me close this way fast. You don't snitch a dime. Does the Bible condemn purloining Titus chapter 2? Does it tell you to practice all good fidelity in all things so that they have total trust of what you're doing with their stuff, their money, their company? You never snitch a dime. You never answer back to your boss. Never. Not answering again. Titus chapter 2 and verse 9. You never shame your boss. 17.2 right here. Over a son that causes shame. You never do anything that would be offensive to the, cus- to the boss or to his customers. You never goof off even once. Goofing off on the job is a dead fly being in the ointment of the apothecary and it sends forth a stinking saver. That's Ecclesiastes 10.1. For your understanding, dead insects in perfume alter the aroma. Goofing off on the job alters your aroma to your boss. You better work harder than anyone else. Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. Speak when spoken to. If they ask you something why you did this, or if they ask you, talk. 21.19 in the book of Proverbs condemns those who don't speak up. Please your boss well in all things. Titus 2.9 Always reverence authority. Ecclesiastes 10.7 Put him on his horse and you walk beside him. I knew a man in Christ once, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. But he told every boss, and it was well known, they could have their car washed by him any they wanted it washed. And they could have coffee brought to them by an officer rather than a secretary if they wanted it so. And this man in Christ that I once knew said, I want to work hard enough for you to be able to sit at your desk with your cup of coffee and read the Wall Street Journal and think up more things for me to do. It's just a crazy zeal that was wonderful to put into practice. And I'm thankful to a man named SRC who told me when I was 19, put Proverbs into practice, Professional success is a plum on a tree. Go pick it. Work smart. Show friendliness. It's easy. Pick the fruit. Gracious speech. Are you gracious with all the customers? Are you gracious with your master? Are you respectful? Do you thank him every night when you go home for the job? They kind of like that, because you're the only freak that does it. Thank you for hiring me. You've been working here for three and a half years. It's the first time you've told me. Well, I've been thankful all three and a half years, but I'm really thankful. now. If you'd have heard the sermon I had to hear yesterday, you'd be thankful too. Thank him for the job. Thank him for hiring you. They didn't have to hire you. They had 1,000 better people, the people that they turned down. He that loveth pureness of heart for the grace of his lips, the king shall be his friend. If the king shall be his friend, then a boss surely will. Third, pick a fig tree. Don't pick a telephone pole. You can take a fence post to bed with you and embrace it all night, but it's not going to give you figs. That's a dead industry. There's a whole lot more that can be said. Come on. I can't go there. Number Number two, wait on your master. Do everything that he would want you to do. Don't make him open his mouth and waste his breath telling you what to do. Go do it ahead of time. Third, do it all as the Lord Jesus Christ. What verse are you going to pick from Psalm 24 to get you motivated for school tomorrow? For work tomorrow? What verse? Or is it going to be Colossians 3? Or is it going to be Matthew 7? Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. And the will of the Father is that you serve the Lord Christ tomorrow. You say, but my job's a pain and you don't know my boss. Well, here's the comparison the Bible gives. It's in First Peter 3. It's 18 through 24. Read the whole chapter. Jesus gave us the example. And if you think that your work situation is worse than Jesus with Pilate, with Herod, with the Roman centurion and hanging on the cross then you need to come and see me and I'll correct you. That's the example that's given of a forward master. When he was threatened, he didn't threaten back. When he was reviled, he reviled not again. But he submitted to his master in heaven. May I ask you, where is the Lord Jesus Christ today? Seated on the high throne of heaven. Because he endured the cross and despised the shame. Do you have a tree? Are you keeping it well? Are you doing it to the Lord first? We have another tree and it's called this church in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Are you keeping it with all your might? Jesus is our Lord. Don't talk it or sing it. Let's show it by our lives. On the job and in here. There are so many today that want to wear WWJD bracelets. The very wearing of the WWJD bracelet violates exactly what Jesus said in Matthew 6 and 7, that you ought not to wear anything in public trying to pretend you're religious. So just putting the thing on, you're sinning. But what would Jesus do? Show us on the job. Be the greatest employee your masters have ever had tomorrow. This is Matthew 7, 21. You want to know that you're going to heaven when you die? Add to your faith virtue. You know what I've just described? Virtue on the job. Knowledge, temperance. I've just taught you temperance on the job. That you're not going to get twisted out of shape when your boss says something to you that hurts your feelings. Godliness you're going to act like a child of God on the job. I'm sorry if it's been disjointed. I don't know how to chop stuff down to size. We've learned a lot today together. Psalm 24, Matthew 7, Colossians 3 proverbs 27:18 we've prayed for a greater passion for souls. we've prayed that we might be glorify, that we might glorify God in our lives by life or death. we've thanked him for the truth He's shown us and prayed for more. We've prayed for a work of grace in our children and our own lives. You serve the Lord Christ, full-time Christian service. you've got it. May we do it as unto the Lord. May he see the all diligence that we're adding to bear fruit in our lives. May he bless us with the answers to our petitions, that he will be magnified by our lives, he will show us more truth, and he'll work grace in the lives of our children. May Jesus Christ be praised. Please stand with me. Father in Heaven, we thank Thee for Thy precious Word that addresses our eternal destiny and our work on the job tomorrow. You are wonderful for having given us such a wonderful Bible. Thank You for it. Thank You for causing us to look at all of its pages and to learn from it as much as we can. Oh, Lord, help us to put it into practice. Let there be shining lights in this crooked and perverse generation tomorrow from this church. Let them be in all sorts of jobs. Let them do it as unto Thee. And Heavenly Father, confirm Thy Word to each and every one of them as they put these things into practice. Let us remember that the earth is Thine and the fullness thereof. Let us never forget that the King of glory is the Lord Jesus Christ. We're thankful to be Yours. We're thankful that He's our brother, our King, and our Savior, our Lord, our friend. O Lord, be with us. Go with us and teach us. Forgive us any folly. Lead us in paths of righteousness. Remind us of wisdom. Show us what we ought to do. Convict us when we're not doing it. We'll bless and we'll praise Thee through Jesus Christ, our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed.